This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good morning. Welcome to New Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton with you this morning. Boy, it does feel like fall and how convenient that is timing wise since uh, we, we hit that point, that point yesterday afternoon. And uh, perfect timing because my guests today on Zoom are Tom Fricke with the Vermilion County Farm Bureau, Jerry Askren with Iroquois Federal, and that means it's Tom and Jerry time. And we love, uh, uh, we love our Tom and Jerry shows because we get to talk to these two guys who know so much about the industry that impacts this entire county so much, whether we realize it or not. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. Good morning, Linda. Morning, Linda. Yeah, I, I I got a video of Tom so I can see he's got like a sweatshirt on. I can understand that. <laughs> I did not expect to be this cool today, but uh, after yesterday, which was damp and cold, not the farmer's favorite uh, kind of weather, but we are certainly <clears throat> uh, slamming into harvest. And so, Tom, give me an update on where we're at. Well, it's really just gotten underway. I mean, most guys were really just starting to get into the field last week. Uh, even some weren't able to go yet um, down in the Ridge Farm area. I know particularly they haven't been able to get out in the field yet, but we're getting ready to this week. Of course, held off by the rain we've had the last three days. But and, and Tom, explain uh, for Ridge Farm why they can't. Well, is it moisture? It just the maturity of the crop. They might have had more rain going into the okay. planting season to where they were planted later or whatnot. So uh, it's not necessarily moisture this right now that's held them back. It just the whole season probably got delayed a week over the rest of the county. Uh, for some reason, that that corner of the county tends to get extra rains yeah. that, the, that the northwest corner doesn't get or the Seidel area doesn't get. So they're they're typically a week behind getting into the fields and then conversely a week behind uh, being able to begin the harvest, but they are ready to do that. Areas of the county that have started, um, I've heard both great corn yields and, and disappointed corn yields. Uh, the, the <laughs> so it's a typical year, right? It, it is. And it, it's from a combination of things. I mean, we all know the deluge rains we had during this summer and it affected the the crops and that there was ponding issues. And once you get one deluge rain that soaks everything and then you get another one on top of it, it's just going to sit there for a while. And so that had an impact on the, on the crops there, there, there are going to be some holes in fields where, where there were drowned out spots that you weren't able to see once the, once the crop got taller. There's also been some um, uh, disease issues that are going on in some of the fields that, that maybe, weren't aware of or didn't take to the to the treatment they might have gotten. So there's a little bit of that factor as well. Uh, soybeans are, are being harvested now. I mean, as well, when you plant soybeans, at the same time you plant corn, the first part of April, they're going to mature just as fast. And so yeah. there are some beans that are being cut as well. Sounds like they have done pretty good so far. So we'll, we'll just keep watching how things go and keep staying safe out on the farms. Absolutely. I, I was impressed. There were some really gorgeous looking bean fields out there this year. They were very full and 
And you guys have told me that that could be deceptive. Just because it looks really pretty and full doesn't necessarily mean the beans are as good as you want them to be. But man, some of those fields just looked beautiful. They were like carpets. So, um, so Jerry, what are you hearing from your customers at the bank as they wind up to uh, begin this harvest season, which is so critical to their well, income and their, their livelihood? Well, just as Tom said, uh, we're, we're just getting started. Uh, you know, we cover a larger area than Vermillion County, and so we've got a bigger poll area we're looking at. But uh, Vermillion County may be a little bit uh, slower getting started, as Tom explained about. It's just the maturity of the crop and, and how early did they get planted. But across the state line, they've been uh, going at it a little faster uh, over there. And, and uh, yeah, just have. as Tom said. Yeah. And just, yeah, because you can go over there and you can see, you'll be driving along and all of a sudden there's just a wide area where the, where the crop's gone. Um, and um, as Tom said, the, the, some places the yields are very good. Uh, they're very pleased. And in other areas, it's more of an average yield or a disappointing yield in some areas. And uh, that's a tribute to uh, the timely of the rain, how much rain and too much rain. We call those farmer rains, Linda. Uh, yeah. because they're always, they're either too much or too little, or they're too soon or they're too late. They're, they're rarely, are they perfect? Yeah. Um, and, and so then, um, so we are seeing yields, uh, uh, that are all over the place. The, the one thing that, that we talked a little bit about before the show started, uh, the prices today in the grain markets are higher than we've seen over the last few years. And so if, uh, the individuals that have the really big crop are going to uh, benefit from that more. Uh, but even those with uh, a little bit of a disappointing yield are going to find that their revenues, which is what the banker looks at, uh, are going to be better than what we probably projected uh, at the start of the year. Linda, you know, you talked about the beans and how beautiful some of them looked. It looked like a carpet. They were just so yeah, even. Seriously. The weeds under control. That's a tribute to the farmer's uh, management of that farm. But one of the things that we're finding in some of the bean yields, if you have a rolling field where it, the hill comes up and back down, that I think it was an August time frame. Tom may have better accurate information on the weather. We went through a really hot dry spell, mm -hmm. and that hurt that hurt those beans because while the plant looked really great leading into that hot dry spell, when it came time for it to produce that pod and that soybean, it turned off hot and dry and that plant goes into a defensive mode to try to stay alive and it then doesn't produce uh, as big a yield. So the combines, it's kind of fun if you're riding with the farmer, he's got a monitor that tells the yield as he's going across and he'll be down in the low area and the yield's just phenomenal. And then as you go up that hill and you get to the top, it just, you just watch that number shrink down to maybe something in the teens. Uh, we're down below it was something in the 70s. So uh, those those things are going to be all across the field different. Um, I do want to follow up on one thing Tom said. He talked about, you know, where we got too much water at times and you'll have a area in the field and Tom called it a hole. And every farmer understands what that means. That's a place where the yield's not producing. But for someone that's listening that's not from down on the farm, that doesn't mean there's a hole in the ground. No. <laughs> there, there, you know, it's not a sinkhole. The combine's not going to fall in it, but it's, it's, a, it's an area where the yield could be as low as zero. Yeah. And, then that, and from that point where that water stood and just kept that plant from producing, that spreads out. So what we say, Tom, isn't it like a, a one-acre pond, we will call it, where the water sat for a long period of time, will affect that yield for a circle that's more like five acres. Yeah, and so that, 
Yeah. So that will be an area. Instead of a hole might be the better way to describe it. Say it again, How'd you say that, Tom? A bear patch. Yeah. Uh, Yes. And you can see it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's kind of startling when you drive up on them and see them. It's like, man, you can tell where that's going to be a problem for the, for the farmer when, when it comes to harvest. It's even more startling when you spot it from the combine and you didn't know it was there. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet. I bet the pilots at balloons over Vermilion saw some areas I'm like that sure this year when did. they went up. I'm yeah. sure they did. Now, um, as, and as ahead, we Tom. say that, a lot, of, a lot of farmers now, I mean, they're using the drone technology to be able to fly over their fields. and mm. they, yeah. More of them have a better idea of what's going on out in the middle of that cornfield. I mean, the beans, you can see a little easier. Of course, you're because you can see across them, but once the corn gets up, you're not, you never knew exactly what was going on in the middle of a 20 or 40 or 80 acre field. Now with the drones, you can fly over it and get, get that bird's eye view without having to contact Dean Carlton or Larry Owen to get a balloon right across your field. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and isn't that a fascinating part? You know, we talk all the time about technology. We're going to go to break. When we come back. We're going to talk about Farm Safety Week, which there also is because we wanna, we wanna address that and remind you as you're all out there driving 90 miles an hour to get to where I don't know, but you're all doing it. Um, when talk about how big that equipment is now and the new technology and drones are part of that. I think that's just fascinating. When you think back to uh, farming and its, and its origins, and now we're talking about using dr- uh, drones to find the bare spots in our field. So, We will talk more with Tom and Jerry in just a moment on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton with you. And on the Zoom call on this first full day of fall, uh, we have the Tom and Jerry show, which is always a, a favorite of of mine and I hope yours too because I get a chance to find out about the farming industry which has meant always so much and continues to mean so much to the economy of Vermilion County and Tom Fricky from the Vermilion County Farm Bureau, Jerry Askren from Iroquois Federal, these guys know this business and they they can talk to us and explain a lot of things to us we just don't know about farming. So this is National Safety Awareness Week for Farming Tom and we talk about that every year, but you and I, uh, before we went on air, we were talking. I realize I'm old. Good Lord. Every day I find out just how old I am. Um, I, I want to use but, the Johnny Carson line. How old is she? <laughs> I know. Well, I, I always use the Van, I always use Dick Van Dyke's line about I don't even buy green bananas. I can go yeah. anytime. Um, but the uh, the reality is, Farming has changed so much over the years. So before we went to break, we were talking about those those um, areas of no crop in fields that sometimes farmers don't even know they have until they get out there in it. Um, the reality is not only is equipment bigger, but they have more equipment and technology. And now they fly drones over fields so they know where those bare spots are. So talk about that equipment out on the road, Tom, because huge farm equipment and, and, and passenger vehicles don't work well together sometimes. Well, that, that's true. But, I mean, as the equipment has gotten bigger, it's also gotten safer. There are, there are safety features in it that, that didn't used to be there. I mean, 
uh, right now, if you're if you're operating, say on the combine, if you're running the unloading auger and you get up out of the seat, that unloading auger stops. So oh, that's there, good. There are safety features built in. So it's good. Sometimes it's a little annoying because you're sitting on the end of the field and you'd yeah. like to take that stretch break, but it's good to have those safety features built in as well. But more and more of the equipment is being designed to be travel friendly as well. Um, watched a video the other day on Facebook. It's a 12 row corn head, but the outside three rows fold in on top of the other rows for road transport. So you're not taking a 12 row. Mm corn head down the road, you're able to fold that up and, and not be wider than the combine itself and be able to travel safely down the road. And I think one thing we need to keep in mind when we're traveling on these country roads, we know that farm equipment's going to be out there, whether it's a four-row combine or a 12-row combine, it's still going to be there. It needs to get from farm to field and field to field. And the farmers will do all they can to do it at a Time that doesn't fall up a lot of traffic. They'll do everything they can to get over and let traffic pass when they can. But anytime you come up on slow moving equipment that's probably traveling 15, 20 miles an hour and you're going 55 miles an hour, you will close the distance between the tractor and the car. Say that's 400 feet between it. That's a little over the length of a football field you'll close that distance in less than seven seconds. Wow. So just once you see that orange SMV emblem, once you see that farm equipment out on the road, the best thing to do is take your foot off the accelerator, kill the cruise, and just glide up behind it and safely try to pass. Be aware that if that equipment starts slowing down, they're probably going to be turning off the road. And if you don't know which side of the road they're going to be turning off of, you need to back off and just give them a little bit of time. It's no different than sitting through a stoplight on Gilbert Street. So just everybody use a little bit of patience and we'll get through this farm season safely. Well, and the other thing is is those intersections out there, out there on the country roads. We try to be really careful with that because people are just, they're speeding like crazy out there and they're forgetting, you know, some of the fields still have corn, some don't, some you can see, some you can't. Um, you got to watch for those stop signs and you got to, you got to really pause each of those to make sure there isn't a huge piece of equipment bearing down on you guys out doing his job. Let him do it. Um, and stop acting like you've got to be somewhere in the next five seconds. Cause it ain't true. Hey, Jerry, from the bank's perspective, cause you're the guys that finance those ginormous pieces of equipment. One of one of the things we were talking about earlier is 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 what those prices are looking at and down the road and it's not just today when they go out in the field to work that the farmers are thinking about or that you are thinking about you're all thinking about the coming year and where those prices are going to be and what's going to happen correct correct yeah um we we know and, and as as people that in uh, that aren't as we I used this before that aren't from the farm will know if you went to go buy a used car or a brand new car they might be hard to come by and uh, and they they've gone up in price same things happening in the farm equipment it's harder to find and, and harder to get those updates and sometimes if you need a repair part you can't even get those the prices are continuing to go up. So we talked about earlier that the farmers are going to have some very good revenues for this year. 
but they're looking already at next year. They know their input costs are going to be higher. Fertilizer is going to be more expensive. Fuel is more expensive. Um, those prices they may have been able to lock in a year ago aren't available to them today. A year ago, they locked them in for, for this year's crop. So we're, we're looking down the road at next year as well. So while this year is going to be a very good revenue year for the farm operator, probably both on gross revenue and net revenue, the next couple of years down the road are still unknown. So, uh, yeah, you remember that as well when we're talking about the farm safety. Uh, that farmer's not already, already, you know, just thinking about this year's crop and getting this truck to the elevator or to the bin or getting this crop out. He's thinking about the next year's crop, too, and what's he going to do with this particular field? As Tom was talking about, we had areas where there might be a bare spot in the field. He might be thinking about what can he do next year to prevent something from like that happening. Or uh, Tom mentioned there's some diseases that have popped up in the corn crop here at the end, and it's due primarily because of the hot dry that we finished with, but they'll be thinking about that as well. What additional fungicides might I need to, to put on next year? What seeds might I change for next year? So a lot of things being thought about out there in the field, uh, more than just what's happening at this moment. Absolutely. And, and that's why this week's designated National Farm Safety and Health Week. The yes. health part got added a few years ago. We need to make sure everybody working on the farm is keeping their health at top of mind. Doesn't do you any good to push, push, push yourself and then end up stuck in bed for three or four days because you, you've made yourself sick. Or mentally, we, we're becoming aware. I mean, as Jerry mentioned, yeah. the, the mental pressures on, on farmers and agricultural workers today. We want to make sure that if you need help, there's resources out there. Make sure you reach out for someone to talk to, or if you if you see your neighbor not acting the way he normally acts, he or she, just ask him, hey, how's things going? Just be somebody they yeah. can talk to. Amen. Amen. And I've been seeing more public service announcements about that and more awareness, and I'm really happy to see that because, again, we are acknowledging we are human beings, and we are physically and mentally human beings. So we have to make sure we're healthy in both those areas. We want to talk a little bit more about this. We'll do that in just a moment on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton with you. It's the Tom and Jerry show. We always enjoy talking to Tom Fricky from Vermilion County Farm Bureau, Jerry Askren from Iroquois Federal, uh, and, and checking up on the, we're, what we're doing today is checking up on the start of harvest. We're gonna have them back later in the fall toward the end of harvest to kind of wrap things up. But right now we were talking about safety week and safety awareness and how important that is. And Jerry, just take a minute. You know, um, Tom was talking about physical and mental health of farmers Back in 1890, nobody paid any attention to that, quite frankly. They do now. Uh, but we didn't have drones back in 1890 either. The, the world has changed. So if we have drones, we can worry about our mental and physical health. But for just a second, explain. I don't, I don't know that we always appreciate the difference between getting up every morning and going to work and getting a paycheck no matter what. And it's all good. Well, it's not always good. You know what I mean. The the paycheck Correct. is there. Your income is guaranteed. And being a farmer who gets up every day and worries about the earth, the soil, 
the crops, the weather, uh, the variables that may make you get a paycheck and may not. Maybe not. Right. Um, we, we talk about those people that are brave. Uh, you know, they, they went out on their own and they started a business. Um, and uh, the reason we call them brave is because those of us that go to work, like you said, every day for somebody else and we get a paycheck. Uh, business may not have been really good this last week, but we got a paycheck. Uh, with the farmer, um, that's not always the case. And so many things that are out of his control. You mentioned the weather. Uh, there's safety things that they can put in place with crop insurance and forward markets and things like that. But there are so many factors that are simply out of the control of the farmer. And there's a lot of pressure, a lot of money being spent. Uh, you know, I, my home is the most expensive thing that I will ever purchase in my life, most likely. And most of us are that way. Um, my, my, the value of my home doesn't compare to a combine. Yeah. And uh, every farmer has one, whether they're farming 800 acres or 8,000. And, uh, and they, they may have two or three or more. And uh, you can talk about a half a million dollar combine that you're going to have to maintain or trade uh, in just a few years. Um, so there, there's a, the expense levels that the farm operator is, is in is it, just incredible these days. Uh, what the expense is much more than we had back in 1890. Um, but the, so the pressures are extreme. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is a, gen, a generational. And so most farmers are carrying on something that may have been started by their father or their grandfather. And they hope to pass this on to their children and their grandchildren. So there's a lot of pressure. Uh, some of it's self-imposed, but still there's a lot of pressure there to continue to make your business successful. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. I always thought harvest was is my favorite time of year because the, the work that you've done, you get to see the yeah. rewards of it. And most of the time, I think most of us in the Midwest agree with you on that. Hey, Tom, we get, we're going to have to get out of here in just a minute. But before we do, I'm going to have you answer on, on, on air my, my big question that's been driving me crazy. Because when Wilbur and I go out and drive around, we have, you know, we always drive out in the, in the country and, and around all over the place. Uh, we've been in some places recently we didn't even know we were there, uh, which is always interesting. But we're driving along and there's all these fields and then all of a sudden there's a whole field of corn that looks like somebody came along with a, with a chainsaw and just cut off the top half of the stalks which is kind of a startling thing to see. And I was asking you to explain that to me. So please do so for the audience. I'm sure well, they saw gonna, it too. And I'm going to guess those fields probably didn't have the endros on them either. No. And what that is, that is a field of seed corn. Uh, when, when seed corn is grown, there, there are actually two different corn plants planted in the rows. There's the the male rose that will have the tassels on it that provide the pollen. And then there's the female rose, they call it, where the ears will be what's harvested. And so they, those rows are detasseled or somehow the top of the plant is taken off and kids or whoever workers go through the field and detassel that corn so that that female plant does itself pollinate and gets the pollen from the male plant. And that's what creates the crossbred hybrid seed corn that we use in, in corn production today. And so that's why those fields look different. That's why they um, 
look that way. And, and, and those seed fields will always be harvested earlier than they yeah. ever formed. Because and, I, they, and I thank you so much for clearing that. was been the, the big mystery. We've had lots of conversations. Guys, we're out of time. I know you understand, but we will have you back on later in the fall, and we will, we will wrap up harvest. Thank you so much for being with us. Join me tomorrow. I'll be on the Zoom call again tomorrow talking with Jonathan Gibson, who heads up Habitat and Resort. We haven't talked to him in ages. So please join us tomorrow for Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. I'm Linda Bolton. Danville's Talk Station, 1490 WDAN Danville, W284DD Danville, and online at vermilioncountyfirst.com. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.